Hi, everyone. Welcome to your San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. A NASA rover with San Diego connections will land on Mars tomorrow. We're going to talk to science reporter Gary Robbins about that. We're also going to talk to letters editor Andrew Kleski about the stories that have our readers talking this week. First, the news. Governor Gavin Newsom and lawmakers announced Wednesday that they'll provide $600 stimulus payments to low-income Californians. The payments are meant to help during the COVID-19 pandemic. It's part of a $9.6 billion economic recovery package that also includes $2.1 billion in grants for small businesses. The so-called Golden State Stimulus Payments will be expedited for approval next week. The payments are in addition to the $600 per person stimulus checks approved by Congress. San Diego officials are stepping up their federal lobbying efforts as Congress debates a $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief bill. The federal funds could help the city close an expected $240 million budget deficit. San Diego is also lobbying to ensure that local governments are able to decide when and how to spend the money, including using it to replace tax revenue lost during the pandemic. San Diego has been hit hard during the crisis because its economy is so reliant on tourism and convention business. Residents of San Diego and East County reported feeling a mysterious shaking Tuesday evening, but authorities who monitor seismic activity said it wasn't an earthquake. The United States Geological Survey said the shaking wasn't a tremor, but may have been a sonic boom, which are not uncommon in San Diego. The USGS did report a small quake Tuesday night in Imperial County, but the magnitude 1.6 tremor was too small to feel in San Diego. Tomorrow afternoon, a NASA rover will break off from its spacecraft and speed towards Mars at 12,500 miles per hour. The rover is called the Perseverance, and some of its cameras were made here in San Diego. It's a nail-biting mission for many reasons. Gary Robbins is our science and technology reporter, and he's here to explain why. Tomorrow, NASA's $3 billion rover, the Perseverance, will attempt to land on Mars, and this descent is being described as seven minutes of terror. Why is that? Well, it's the wild way that the spacecraft arrives at at Mars. So it's been traveling uh, since last July. It uh, achieved tremendous speeds. So on Thursday afternoon, when it gets there, um, it's going to enter the atmosphere at about 12,500 miles an hour. And within about seven uh, minutes, it has to go to essentially almost zero as it parachutes to the surface. So as it comes in, it has to come in at exactly the right angle at the right place. If it doesn't, it could skip out or go to a different place on the planet or explode in some way. I mean, there's so many forces that can be exerted on the uh, on the spacecraft. Um, and everything has to open on time. It comes into the atmosphere, drag begins, it becomes very, very hot. The spacecraft exterior heats up to like 2,300 degrees. Um, then it slows and slows and slows. It has to use automated signals to um, open a parachute and open other things. It has to turn on cameras and radar that see the ground and ping the ground because it's landing in this big crater, this 28 mile wide crater that has a lot of boulders in it. There's a boulder field. And the the spacecraft itself using artificial intelligence has to go there. I wanna land over there so I don't crash. (laughs) How did they choose the place to land? It sounds like there are a lot of obstacles there. Was there not an easier spot? There's not an easy spot per se on Mars, but they chose this particular place called Jezero uh, Crater because it's an ancient lake bed. Uh, scientists believe that there used to be a lot of water there. 
It was probably as large roughly as Lake Tahoe. Um, it doesn't exist anymore, but the feeling is that um, there might be microbes left in the soil. And if you can find those microbes and improve that, then you will prove for the first time that life did exist elsewhere in our solar system. It would be re revolutionary. So is that what the mission is about? That's a great deal of what this is about. So uh, uh, Perseverance is a rover. Um, so it won't just stay in one uh, place. And when it gets down there, this really small rover about the size of your car um, will slowly roll across the surface and it'll go oh, about 600 feet a day, which doesn't seem that far, but you have a very diverse landscape that's gonna be going over. It's an ancient riverbed. It has shorelines, I think. Um, it has steep cliffs and it has all of these cameras on it that are quite extraordinary. And it, it can drill into the surface and it has a helicopter on it um, that for the first time will try to fly up and you know take some readings of what's going on. So it extends the reach of the rover. Uh, but it's a very delicate thing. But uh, you know, we've all seen the images of past rovers, rovers um, taking images on Mars, and some of them are spectacular. And from that, you can tell the chemical composition of the soil, for example, which gives you a sense of what the climate was like. And as you learn about that, you go, all right, if it had this kind of climate, maybe it had this amount, of, this much of water, and that tells you about the you know the possible recipe for life. So they're reconstructing the climatic history of the planet and they're looking for microbes that might directly point to previous life. It's understanding another world. The cameras you just mentioned were built here in San Diego by Malin Space Science Systems in Sorrento Valley. Tell us about them. So the, um, the rover itself has 19 cameras. Uh, five of those cameras came from Malin, which is, um, is a veteran aerospace company. They're over in uh, uh, Valley. They have had um, cameras on a bunch of rovers and other spacecraft. As we're speaking right here, um, one of their cameras is on the so-called Juno probes orbiting Jupiter. When I talked to their chief scientist a couple of days ago, he told me that he was looking at brand new images of lightning erupting on Jupiter. Um, the uh, rover that's on uh, Mars right now, Curiosity, some of their cameras are on there, their main science cameras. The same will be true with Perseverance. They built the main science cameras. They also built one of the cameras that will help the spacecraft descend to the surface. So you've got to have these cameras that can look out there and identify one object from another and tell the brains of the, of the spacecraft, you want to go over there instead of over there. Um, so what they're trying to do is the Malin's cameras help the spacecraft get to the planet safely. They help it navigate on the surface and they play an instrumental role in scientific exploration by these vivid images saying, you know, there's a rock over there that I should look at, or there's a valley where I need to get over there. And these cameras help them navigate to those, uh, those spots. And some of their other work helps, you know, where they're looking at the soil while the drilling is occurring. So they're the chief, um, pretty much the chief science cameras on the mission. Um, and at the same time, um, the company is participating in actually operating the rover. So while we're sitting here going about our day, there are people in Sorrento Valley at Malin who are dealing with the Jet Propulsion Laboratory and they're taking down data and reading from the spacecraft and going like, what is the health of the spacecraft? And what can we do next? So there's clearly a lot to gain here if the, if the mission succeeds, but what happens if it fails? You do another mission. Um, so, you know, we, with the exception of the moon, we've uh, not paid more attention to any other place in their solar system other than Mars. 
And we do that because scientists do believe that it once had water and a lot of water. Um, and that just understanding how life might have um, uh, arisen on Mars, like let's say like, all right, we, we have a sense of how it happened on earth. Was it the same on Mars? Is there something fundamentally different? What is it telling us? And it is just part of human nature to want to know these things. Um, you know, think of the technologies that you and I are using here this morning. Um, you know, not so long ago, they didn't exist, but they were created because we had this need to explore and communicate and go further. Fundamentally, that's what's occurring here with the Mars missions, where you need to go further. It is our nature as wanderers, as travelers on this earth. That's why people, you know, the Europeans came to what became America. Um, it's part of the American spirit. And it, but it's not just American. Um, this month, two other probes have arrived at Mars. One came from China and one came from the United Arab Emirates. I'm pleased to say they're both operating well. They are orbiting the planet. They won't land on the surface like uh, Perseverance will. But the Chinese and uh, United Arab Emirates share the, this human need to look beyond our own world. And we know that there are resources there and that someday we use Mars perhaps as a colony and that that is a stepping stone to going deeper. So every science fiction story that you see on TV or Netflix that you wanna call up kind of begins with the idea that humans leave the earth and they go to other planets and they use those planets to go deeper. That's what we're doing. So what is the latest conversation about putting um, people on Mars? Will that ever happen? Oh, I think it will happen. NASA has said that that's one of its uh, goals. It wants to do that. Its uh, plan right now is to return to the moon and learn more and use that as a stepping stone to get to Mars and perhaps to begin moving towards Mars over the next decade. One of the things that the United States needed was a new launch vehicle. Um, so for a long time, the Russians had been sending our, our astronauts to space station, for example, because we no longer had a launch vehicle. We now have one, it's being tested and it's, go it's going to be going into surface, into service. And that launch vehicle will put people to the, um, to the moon. And the idea is that, that that's a training ground to go to Mars, which is an extraordinarily difficult thing to do because it takes so long to get to Mars. Here we are in February. This probe uh, that we're talking about today launched in July. How do you put humans in a small living environment and have them travel deep into our solar system and keep them alive and find a way to bring them back. So it's a very daunting kind of thing, but it is part of NASA's, NASA's um, um, mission. And there is the possibility that if they do that, that one or maybe even two or people we don't yet know who will go maybe from San Diego. So two of the key astronauts right now are Jessica Meir and Kate Rubens. They're both alumni of uh, UC San Diego. Um, they, you know, they've flown in space, they have been serving on space station. Rubens is up there now. Um, uh, Jessica Meir did the first, participated in the first all-woman spacewalk in, within the past, uh, past year. These are veteran high-quality astronauts, and they would be kind of on the, this short list of people that would go and walk on the moon and perhaps be a part of the next crew that perhaps would go on to Mars. Um, Pretty extraordinary. Uh, this county, San Diego County, has produced a lot of astronauts over the years. So, you know, there are people there, it has two astronauts from the University of San Diego, for example. 
um, we're a science county. Um, and I can easily see us contributing the people who go on a Mars mission. We don't know the date of it. It's incredibly expensive, expensive. it's dangerous, it's difficult. We've lost half of the Mars vehicles that we ever had. Um, but the U.S. at some point will do it. How can people watch this live tomorrow? This, this part is the easy part. So anybody that just goes to nasa.gov, or if you just type the word NASA, you'll go to their homepage and they'll have live coverage. We don't know exactly when the first images will be uh, sent back to us. Um, so it appears that the rover will land if everything goes right at 12.55 p.m. on Thursday afternoon Pacific time. Um, NASA told me yesterday that one of two things are likely to happen. They're likely to have um, first images within about five minutes, if you can believe that. Um, or if it doesn't come in at that point, um, it would probably be about four hours later. When a space probe goes through this kind of thing, the first thing they're looking at um, is the engineering of the spacecraft. Is the spacecraft sound? Is, is everything working? Second is um, camera work. So while the, while the um, probe is flying in, obviously it is taking images. Um, you know, the mailing camera will be helping take images of it landing. But those are not the first priority. It's, uh, it's like, do we have a signal that it's gonna send back that'll hit West Virginia and that'll hit Ger Germany and then we'll hit the Jet Propulsion Laboratory and saying, we made it, we're not dead. <laughs> we didn't auger into the side of a cliff. Um, that's the first priority, but with good luck, it could be before 1.30 on, um, on uh, Thursday when we have some type of image. It'll be a very crude image, a thumbnail at first, but what you would likely see is the landing portion of the spacecraft and some of the um, um, uh, you know, deflated um, equipment that it has. So it's like, it's like a, almost like uh, you know, one of those things going off in a car that protects you, the, the airbag goes off. In some ways, in the last part of the journey, it has to parachute to the surface and use retro rockets and come down um, and use you know, the sturdiness of the vehicle to, to get there without crashing. Now, it'll only be going about two miles an hour if everything works, uh, but still, it's kind of jarring for any, it's not a big vehicle and it's filled with um, very delicate uh, cameras and sensors, um, but it could be maybe even before 1.30, uh, or it could be like early evening, and then they begin to um, send more and more. They'll take a self-portrait as the days go along, which is kind of extraordinary. Um, the people over at Malin, you know, that had, you know, it's kind of like hold your breath time because you work for years. I mean, they gave the, the camera that will help with the descent was given to NASA in 2019. The technology is earlier than that. So imagine yourself being the engineer and you worked on that camera and you got it to work right and you gave it to NASA and then it launched on the spacecraft and then it went through space and you're watching the screen to find out whether it's gonna work. So there's gonna be some very anxious people over at Malin on uh, Thursday, but they have done it before. And um, so, you know, good luck to them. Yeah, a lot of nail biting, but we'll be watching. Gary, thanks so much. You're welcome. Now let's turn to opinion. Andrew Kleski is the letters editor at the UT, and he's also a member of the editorial board. He decides what letters get published in the paper and put on our website, and he also runs Your Say, a weekly question we ask our readers. Hi, Andrew. Hello again. 
What are readers writing to you about this week? Well, the obvious big news this week is the uh, acquittal of former President Trump. We got a landslide of letters over the weekend after uh, the Senate voted to acquit based on uh, very strongly on party lines, though they were they were very happy to see a lot of Republicans cross the aisle to vote against the former president. But uh, the, even though the outcome of the trial was relatively predetermined, people were still a little shocked that uh, that what appeared to be such a strong case was just ignored by the, the Senate Republicans. So we got, I'd, I'd say we probably got 50 letters just on, just on the morning of the acquittal, so. Any other topics that are getting readers riled up? Well, that, believe it or not, that is our topic for our next Your Say package is on what direction the, the Republican Party should be taking in the future. Should they be staying with Trumpism or should they be trying to blaze a new path that, uh, you know, may bring some of the people back into the fold who may have been scared off by the tone and tenor of uh, Trump's presidency. The, uh, we've had suggestions that the Lincoln Project should start its own party. We've had suggestions that, uh, that the true conservatives in the party aren't being served by Trumpism and that they should return to their roots, go back to being the party that talks about family values and uh, smaller government, lower deficit, those sort of things. So we'll see how it plays out. Right now, uh, we, we're getting so many uh, so many questions on your say, we're going to have to run two weeks of them. Wow. And so are you still accepting submissions for that? We are. We, uh, we have uh, the package comes out on Saturday, the first package, and uh, we'll have a little disclaimer, a, a little note at the bottom saying that We've received so many already that we're going to keep it open for another week and run more. So if people don't agree with what they read in Saturday's paper, feel free to write us and tell us what you do believe. Yeah, I like that. I liked when you said that last week, that if you don't see your opinion uh, represented, it's up to you to write the letter. So, Well, that is a frustration because a lot of the people, a lot of the letters we get are from people saying, why don't you run people, why don't you run letters that voice my opinion? And I tell them, uh, why don't you voice your opinion? <laughs> well, I don't want to do that because then people will know what my opinion is. Well, that's kind of the way it works out in the old letters game is uh, you got to put your name on it. You've got to put your community on it. And uh, and you actually have to stand by what you write. And sometimes if uh, you're hoping somebody else will do it for you, nobody will do it. Yeah, it's a delicate balance. Well, I know last week for the Orsay, we asked if people had ideas about how the city of San Diego could save money. What kind of responses did you get? Well, we we do have a city that's in a bit of a fiscal crisis. We've got an $85 million deficit this fiscal year, and it's going to be at least, you know, $124 million gap next year. And uh, whenever that tends to happen in San Diego, community members know where the cuts are going to come. They're going to come in places that are uh, near and dear to their hearts, like libraries and rec centers and things like that. Um, so we had suggestions from people that they kind of, uh, there were all sorts of suggestions. One, one suggested that we start our own bank and actually uh, rather, than, uh, rather than cut uh, services and raise taxes, 
we just start borrowing money from ourselves and selling notes to investors so that we can uh, essentially pay for the services we need with debt. There are people saying, why are we doing projects we don't need like more bike lanes? Uh, for some reason, the bike lane, the anti-bike lane community is very strong. They, they don't think we should be building all these bike lanes. Um, but the big, the, the overriding theme I think was uh, the city needs to live within its means. It needs to uh, budget for what it's really going to get and then stick to that budget, not find new ways to raise taxes. It's, it's hard when you're in California and you've got a very expensive mortgage and you've got very expensive gas and very expensive electricity and very expensive just about everything else to uh, be concerned that, oh, now your taxes are going to go up too. So it's a, it's a very common theme to have people say, stop hitting me with new taxes. Okay. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. You can reach Andrew at letters at sduniontribune.com. And if you have an idea about where the Republican Party should go from here, email your say at sduniontribune.com. Keep your letter to 500 words and make sure to include your name, neighborhood, and a phone number so we can reach you. We promise not to print it. I'm Christy Totten. This is the San Diego News Fix. Thanks for listening.